Good morning and welcome to Morning Java. Brought to you as always by Get Go Cafe and Market because they've got the Pilgrim Sandwich. I just had one the other night. It's spectacular. Get it with some tater tots. Tom, it's a great dinner, lunch, whenever you want to eat it. Oh, it's, it defines comfort food, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. But let's talk about, um, let's talk about, we got a lot to talk about with, uh, with the Steelers right now. Ben Roethlisberger has been a little bit more comfortable this year because he's been getting out the ball out quicker. It's allowed him to sort of get the ball off, you know, keep, you know, lessen the amount of quarterback hits that he has to take every year because traditional Ben Roethlisberger, old school Ben Roethlisberger, was hold on to the ball for as long as you can and find somebody and make a spectacular play. And everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. But this Ben Roethlisberger, more often than not, is getting the ball out a little bit faster. What are your thoughts on how you've seen him play and how that's impacted the Steelers' style of offense? Yeah, I think it's been good. I mean, you, you might always thought about Ben Roethlisberger. He reminded me of, uh, in the old days, if Ben re reminded me of like King Kong standing on the top of the Empire State Building <laughs> with those planes coming by him and he's batting these guys off of him and <laughs> holding the ball as long as he could to make those deep throws that uh, were always fantastic. And sometimes they were touchdowns and sometimes they were interceptions. I think what you're seeing is an older Ben Roethlisberger who knows that he has to get the ball quicker. And let's be honest, it's the way the game's going, right? Uh, we wrote a, a, a last a couple of weeks ago about how well T.J. Watt and, and, and Miles Garrett are still getting to the quarterback. It's becoming harder and harder to turn the ball over because these quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball so fast. But, of course, uh, you know, teams adjust. And one of the things the teams are starting to do, and we saw it last week in the game against the Titans, is defensive linemen realizing they can't get there are getting their hands up. And Ben had, a, ben had one that was tipped at the line and intercepted. Uh, and I think even yesterday, Ben, even uh, in his, when he spoke with the media, mentioned that that was a point of uh, conversation with the offensive coordinator yesterday. So it's one of those things that I think for the most part it's good, but as, t as more and more teams realize this is what he's doing, you're going to see more of these guys just getting up and uh, trying to block passes if they can. But, Tom, do you think that that's a situation where if the Steelers recognize that certain teams are doing that a lot more often than not, maybe that gives Ben Roethlisberger the sense that, okay, now maybe we can work on some deeper timing patterns because I don't have to – because if, they, if, they're if they're more so sitting back and, and looking to jump, my, jump a quicker pass, now I can sit back in the pocket and throw over them and target deep, deeper down the field. It seems like that might be a, a, an interesting counter to sort of – say, okay, now that defensive front, they, they want to rush the quarterback because Ben Roethlisberger is getting too much time in the pocket. Yeah, I think it's all an adjustment. And, again, let's, let's remember that, that he did not play last year. He's working with a, a, a talented but uh, young group of receivers that are all trying to get to know each other and get on the same page. I think it's smart the way that they've started out. But to your point, yeah, you might start to see uh, as, as Claypool gets more comfortable with him, as Deontay Johnson gets more comfortable with him, as Washington gets more comfortable with him, Juju had a little bit of a relationship with him before that maybe you do start to see some deeper balls. Uh, but again, the other thing we have to remember is that's a, a kind of a patchwork right side of the offensive line. Maybe that's part of this too. I'm just kind of guessing. Uh, I think Chooch has been really good over there. And when they've had to bring in, you know, we, we've seen DeCastro in and out of the lineup. Uh, that may be part of it. And, of course, it's just, again, it, it's, it's the way the game has gone with the RPOs 
And, in, you know, you just see quarterbacks getting rid of the ball a lot faster. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the next thing we got to talk about is a story that our guy Dale Lolly wrote for the website on Wednesday morning. And it was a fact that I don't think anyone was really paying attention to, but Mike Tomlin caught Tony Dungy in total wins as a head coach, which seems kind of ridiculous, right? Because we think of, we know Mike Tomlin has been around for a minute for the Steelers, but Tony Dungy is one of those, those all-timey coaches who bounced around the league and did some great things and won a Super Bowl with the Colts. I mean, he was the first black uh, head coach to win a Super Bowl. Tomlin became the second the year after him. And now Tomlin, here he is catching him in total wins. And uh, Dale did a really cool story talking to Tony Dungy about the significance of that. Yeah, yeah, it was a good story. I spoke with Dale uh, yesterday about it. Uh, and, you know, Tony Dungy, of course, is one of the most respected coaches uh, in the game. And, of course, he has Steeler ties from his days as a player. And, you know, they, I think they asked Tony a couple days ago – or, I'm sorry, asked, uh, asked Coach Tomlin a couple days ago about it. And he said, well, we don't have enough time to talk about the, the stuff that he taught me as far as kind of going into me being a coach, the things that he's helped him. And, yeah, I mean, it says a lot about Tomlin that, that, that he has – this longevity he's had. I mean, they've, they've, they're coming off a couple seasons where they've missed the playoffs. Last year, he was without his quarterback. And now he's the last man standing as far as an unbeaten record. I think he's done a tremendous job. I think the, the players respect him. I think he still continues to have the entire respect of the organization. And they just keep winning. I and, mean, again, it's, it's, it's rare where they miss the playoffs. But you look around the league, there aren't that many teams going to the playoffs other than the Patriots year in and year out. So I think he's done a nice job, you know, this season especially with, again, we talk about some of the injuries they've had to deal with. Uh, you just think of the last couple of years, what this franchise has had to deal with, with some of their marquee players leaving. Le'Veon Bell not even playing for a season. Uh, Antonio Brown, uh, you know, we, everyone knows kind of what happened there. Uh, and then the injuries, and yet they, here they are, 6-0. and uh, it is, It's certainly it's, it's a testament to the, to the coaching staff, and particularly Mike Tomlin. I think it certainly is. It's undeniable successes, and you can see – even with the ups and downs of the Steelers, you know, the people that there, there and there were a lot of them. Let's, let's, let's not play, let's not play dumb here. There are a lot of people that have been saying for years that Mike Tomlin should be gone. They should have hired Mike McCarthy in his place, all these other tech takes that people have had. But a lot of people I saw were kind of, you know, sort of getting ready to write their columns at the start of last year when Ben went down, that now you're going to see the team fall apart because now Tomlin won't have his quarterback. And then they went eight and six without Ben Roethlisberger finishing at eight and eight. And he's still, hasn't had a losing season. And if he completes this year with another, another uh, non-losing season, which all they have to do is now win two more games, which they, they, which they definitely will, he will tie Marty Schottenheimer for the most consecutive uh, years without having a losing season to start their uh, head coaching t- tenure um, in the history of the NFL. Um, I, I think that he, he does so many things right. Uh, we can see that, and he made it clear, 
basically by the we've seen the last two years the Steelers didn't have a locker room problem they seem to have an Antonio Brown problem in 2018 when a lot of people were trying to say oh the, there's a there's a there's, there's drama there he's he's kept the troops together he's got he's gotten the Steelers ready to go and now they're 6-0 getting ready to face uh their rival in the Baltimore Ravens I can't I can't I don't think you can say enough about what Mike Tomlin's done for this organization and uh the the representation he's brought as a head coach well yeah and the other the other point and this has been a this has been uh, something that has been discussed around the league now for the last couple years is just the paucity of African-American coaches in the league, uh, of head coaches and guys getting chances and give, giving them a few years uh, to, to play and to kind of figure out their program. You're talking about two of the great coaches we're talking about right now with Dungey and Tomlin certainly on that track with already one Super Bowl and two Super Bowl appearances. Uh, you know, they're just, you look around the league, there's, a, they're, they're, you know, guys are getting chances to be assistants. And in some cases, like in, in Kansas City with Eric Bieniemy, uh, coordinators, but when does that going to start translating into more ch- opportunities to be head coaches in this league? Let's get to the big topic, Tom. It's Steelers Ravens week. And that's always huge here in Pittsburgh. It's huge around the NFL. It's one of the biggest rivalries of my lifetime in all of sports we talk about all the great matchups, the legendary moments that this rivalry's produced. Um, but it's interesting. This week, you, I don't hear and see a lot of animosity from either team. Normally, you know, I, I'm used to Terrell Suggs saying that we got a bounty out against Heinz Ward. I'm used to Heinz Ward talking about what he's going to do to Ed Reed and Ray Lewis talking smack and him and Joey Porter getting ready to fight on a bus. There's none of that this year. What's going on? Well, I was, I was talking to Alan Fanica about this topic uh, a couple days ago, and we were talking about the, the league is changing, right? It's 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 a kinder, gentler league. Uh, you can't have guys like Joey Porter going on to the team bus of the other team anymore. That that's like part of the NFL. You you think of some of the hits over the years with these teams, and uh, I was looking back at the the Le'Veon Bell Thanksgiving Day game where he you know just trying to go into the end zone, he gets his helmet knocked off. I think by Jimmy Smith, who was still there. Mm. That's a hit that would probably be like a 20-game suspension now, mm-hmm. those type of things. Uh, I, it is amazing coming to this from an outsider's perspective. You know, I did not grow up in Pittsburgh. Uh, but I, I just tell people all the time, you guys are spoiled to have this kind of rivalry. You know, the Cleveland Browns have been looking for a rival for 20 years, but they stink or they, they've stunk for so long. They want so badly that rivalry to be back with the Steelers. And then we see what happens again a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it, to me, it's the best rivalry in football. It doesn't have the electric, maybe the electric personalities that it did five, six, seven years ago, but it's still so good. I mean, this is the 25th season of it. Uh, in the regular season, the Steelers lead 25 to 23. It is separated in 48 games by seven points. Uh, that's how good these teams have been. Uh, I think the, the the Steelers have been to the playoffs like 14 times in that stretch since 96. The Ravens 12 times. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if we'll ever see another divisional rivalry as good as this just because of the transient nature, the way the NFL has become, and how rare it is to have two really, really good teams in the same division. We Let's just, just look at the Patriots, you know, Right now, they, they've been the gold standard for so long. They didn't have a rivalry in their division, right? They had to right. – their, their rivalry, when you think about their 
all that run was maybe with Indianapolis in the early days in the playoffs and, you know, some big games with Pittsburgh and with Baltimore in the playoffs. They didn't have a division rivalry. We think of other rivalries in the NFL, the, the one that always I think people pick up, Dallas and Washington. Who, who in the heck wants to watch that anymore? Uh, I mean, these rivalries aren't good. This will, rivalry has, has stood the test of time. I, no, I do agree with that. It stood the test of time. I will say that Cowboys-Eagles is a much-hated rivalry that will that will get even when the two teams stink. I do want to see that just because I've seen I've seen the battles with there, not just between the teams, but between the fans. Because Philly is crazy. Sure, uh, yeah. yeah, without question, there are a few in the league. I just don't think any 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 of them have been even close. I mean, I think Dallas has made the playoffs like four or five times in the last 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Eagles certainly are, have been better in recent years, but it is. It, those rivalries don't have the consistency. I agree. And again, I, I do agree with your point, though. I mean, what made this rivalry so special in the early years were those incredible personalities and those, those defensive players. And then a guy like Heinz Ward, who probably could have played defense, uh, with the way, that, the, the way that he went at the game, one of the best blocking receivers of all time. Uh, but I don't think that takes away from the, the fact that uh, here we are, in a week seven or whatever, wherever we are in the season, and one's six and zero, and the other's five and one. Uh, you know, when you look at the Ravens, they remind me of the old line in The Godfather, uh, where I keep thinking the Ravens—they've got to be done, right? They're just—they're at the end of their run. There's no way they can turn things around. Uh, the line is: Hyman Roth has been dying of the same heart attack for 50 years, mm-hmm. and. Somehow the Ravens go from a, a quarterback that won two Super Bowls with Joe Flacco to now they have the quarterback who just won the league MVP two years ago. And good teams find ways to replace players. Uh, we've seen it with the Steelers and the linebackers over the years. How are they going to replace this outside linebacker? Well, in comes T.J. Watt. In comes Bud Dupree. These teams are plug-and-play teams that just continue to defy the whole idea of uh, their runs over.